got to say, David Duke and the Nazis really seem to like Donald Trump, which is weird, because Nazis are a lot like cats. If they like you, it's probably because you're feeding them. And here we go. Yes, the comic, 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 comic book bullies. Man, you come right out of a comic Welcome back to the newest episode of Comic Book Bullies, where Nerd is a New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, with my co-host. This is Eli. What's up? Yeah, and Eli, uh, only good news I can say right now is that we're still alive. Yeah, it's been a rough so, weekend, man. <laughs> it's been a rough I mean, I, honestly, we don't know if we're headed to a, a race war or a nuclear war, but look. Or, or both. Whoever's in, or both, you know. <laughs> But I, I just ask one thing. Just let me live long enough to see Black Panther. That's all. <laughs> That's all I ask for. Cause I'm nervous every day. I don't know what the fuck they're doing on the news right now. But yeah, it's insane. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. Said, let me let me live long enough to find out who gets on the Iron Throne on Game of Thrones. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> see another Game of Thrones reference that passed over my head. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, we saw this past weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia. And the thing is, I look, I know this comic book podcast. I know you guys listen to us for escapism and to get away from the weird world thing like that. But we're not that type of podcast. Sorry. <laughs> and look, I'm black. Eli is Native American. We're nerds of color. For us to bury our nose in the sand and pretend like the outside world doesn't dig exist that's kind of irresponsible for us because a lot of stuff does direct us you know directly so we kind of have to keep our ear to the ground on stuff like this because we don't know when we might be walking down the street and running to a unite the right uh uh rally and we don't know those are things we have to know about you know some people can walk around and stuff and it wouldn't be bothered they can just blend in just fine yeah some people can't yeah it's kind of hard to ignore the fact that there's a whole population of assholes that don't want you to exist right? exactly <laughs> it's, it's hard to look past that sometimes yeah some, some people can't afford the luxury of ignoring this stuff some people can't you know and, and and especially when you got these people that look they was a hate group at first somebody died in that rally the other day so they are no longer a hate group they have escalated to a terrorist organization they are domestic terrorists and let's just call it it is what it is let's not sugarcoat this and paint them as you know troubled youths or whatever you want to call it you know and, and here's my thing about this whole thing and we're, we're gonna actually get to the comic book shit in a while but i just want to know something about the the alt-right or the white nationalist whatever you call yourself what the fuck are you angry about i don't get it like you should be the last people that should be angry or mad or something like that you're just upset for nothing marching street and taking torches why you know i, I don't know i don't yeah. i don't get it yeah, I I, I I was arguing with the, some of those assholes like all weekend, you know. Like, it, it's like it's like you guys, racist white folks bitching about being oppressed. It's like it's, it's like being in a like, bathroom. That's the yeah. shit I don't get to get a hike. Yeah. gonna play the victim card. Yeah, and it's it's like a it's like being in a bathroom with male porn stars all admiring <laughs> the sizes of their dicks. 
And then a guy with a little dick walks in to take a piss, and they want to call cops on him. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's like, what the like, fuck? Like, this doesn't make any sense, man. You, look, and I just want people to call this out. Like, it, look, you're listening to this podcast. You obviously know a thing or two about comic books. I want everybody, when they read comic books, to understand, take something away from those books. When you recognize evil, recognize evil is evil. When I saw on the TV yesterday that was hate, that was violence, and that was escalated by hate and violence. So recognize what it is and don't pretend like this stuff doesn't exist. Understand that comic books are trying to teach you stuff. So when you learn from those comic books, use that, apply that shit in the real world. Yeah, that's don't how. Don't just be like, oh, yeah, that shit. Yeah. That's how the X-Men were invented, the civil rights movement. Hey. Exactly, but you got a whole bunch of uh, dumbasses that will read the X-Men, take away nothing from that shit, just see a bunch of dudes in tights punching each other, and can't apply that shit to the real world and what they're really trying to say. Yeah. Like, oh, that shit had nothing to do with civil rights or, or uh, equal rights or anything like that. No, that was just robots punching mutants. That's all like. It's yeah, just superheroes right. and spandex. Yeah. Right. It's stuff for ki- like, little kids. Says the 40 year old. Says the 40 year old. <laughs> <laughs> right, forty year old neck beard. <laughs> and I don't want to close it out with this. Look, if all you get from comic books is only thing you recognize is dudes and tights punching each other, you're, you're missing the point. You're completely missing the point of this stuff because people that are music fans they get the subtext of this stuff. Movie fans they break movies down to the very frame of everything that happened in those movies. So. Why the hell aren't comic book fans catching on to this stuff? Why is it that somebody from an outside source has to break this stuff down to you and tell you what the hell is going on? Like what uh, X-Men means, what Superman champion of the press means, or Captain America means, and stuff like that. That, that shit, You should understand. You should be telling them that. They shouldn't yeah. be telling you that. And then you get defensive and mad when somebody else points this stuff out to you. Yeah. I mean that's what art is for. Art allows us to explain be exposed to like the fucked up shit that we don't like to deal with and gives it gives us a way to cope with it in a sense you know have have a face it through these stories through these characters we learn from how they deal with these atrocities and the, the ugliness of society and all these injustices and we see them deal with it and it just gives us a way to cope with it as well i mean that's just what art does it's cathartic you know yep and, and that's like uh not going for comic books but also saying like like Gene Roddenberry with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people just see always oh, just space events like that. No, every single episode of that first series was a social commentary that Gene Roddenberry was sneaking in there in the subtext that a lot of people didn't catch. You know. Oh yeah. But yeah. every episode was like that. Every racial represent this and what we could be and what we're not, and it, it's all the stuff in there. Uh, have we talked long enough about this? Can we get to the comic books? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we'll be here all night. <laughs> Exactly. Let's quit talking about the Nazis and those. Let's talk about Hydra Cap. <laughs> talk about Nazis and comics. Exactly. <laughs> Escapism. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, before we get there, you know, we always go to the next section. We always go to the box office numbers. Uh, Eli, these are some pathetic ass numbers, man. I almost, I almost skipped this whole section. I'm like, why bother? I don't even know half of these movies on here, you know. But I'm going to do it anyway because it's tradition, you know. Why yeah. not? Because eventually you never know. Something might surprise you. Yeah. So, uh, number one, and you're going to have to uh, break it down to me, because like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Uh, Annabelle Creation? Yeah, Annabelle. The the horror movie? The, about the doll? The yeah. creepy doll? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> okay. We, like I said, I'm going to run through this shit as fast as okay. possible. Go okay. ahead and give me a breakdown of 
whatever yeah. this is, because I, I don't know. Annabelle, um, well, the con is okay. In an age where we have a, a, a universe, a cinematic universe for practically everything now, well, we now right. we now have a Conjuring cinematic universe from the movie The Conjuring. That's what this Annabelle is. Say? Yeah, have you seen Conjuring? Do you know the Conjuring movies? Spooky, I, I uh, know of the Conjuring. I've never seen it before, but I know of it. I've yeah. heard of it. Well, this is from the yeah, Annabelle is from the, the from these movies, and they've made this is the third, no, the second Annabelle. How many of those? Are, yeah, it's the second Annabelle movie. They're, they they made another one. This is actually a prequel to the other Annabelle, which was a prequel to the Conjuring. <laughs> So they're already. They're I already didn't know the this is already like X Men fucked up timeline type shit already. <laughs> so they're retconning shit, y'all. Yeah. So this is, and they're gonna make another. Um, they're making another movie about the nun. There's, there's a this creepy satanic looking nun that's in the Conjuring movies, and now they're making a movie about that now. So uh, so yeah. So there's like. So there's Conjuring, Conjuring 2, Annabelle, and now this one. So there's four movies in this cinematic universe now. So, what the fuck? Yeah, man. Okay, so you got two Conjurings, two Annabelles. Yep. And they're working and it's, on a and fifth it's all movie. connected. And it's all connected. And you say they got a, you got another one coming out whenever, about a, a monster and scary nun or something? Or yep. Nun? Yeah. And, yeah, my kid. Yeah, my kid. It's the kids, man. My kid likes these movies. Me, I like horror flicks, but I, I'm not too into the supernatural horror. I, I find them kind of boring. That's just me, you know. I, I like monsters and slashers and shit, my, well, my, shit where my, people my get eaten. Supernatural, right? My thing <laughs> with supernatural horror movies, they always seem to be like slower. You yeah. know, like they're slow burn. I, I don't have the patience for that, man. I'm sorry. I, I play yeah. too many video games. I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. I mean, it starts – the first hour is just spooky hallways with folks walking down, you know, with a candle and then a noise. And it's just you – know, then you find out at the end what the hell will happen in the house right. or whatever. You know? <laughs> that's yeah. kind of how – and I'm like, eh. But actually, surprisingly, this Annabelle movie wasn't that bad. I was pr fairly entertained in, in the theater. Watching it, you know, my kids so wanted to see it. So was the same people from the first Annabelle, or like did anybody from the first Annabelle return? No, this, this is a prequel. This happened like, like I don't know how many, like thirty years before the last movie. Um, and yeah, gotcha. And it's okay. basically this orphanage, um, being haunted by this Annabelle doll, which is basically a conduit for like a demon or whatever, possessed by a demon, and uh, and yeah, um, and there was some. It, it was, I, 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 you know, I, I, I hate to rag on supernatural horror flicks, but I was, I, I enjoyed it. I was fucking, I'll say I like this fucking movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, fucking okay. force it out of me. <laughs> okay. Now, now Annabelle was in The Conjuring. Yeah. It was okay. in The Conjuring. But it had only spinoff movie, so. You know. Yeah. It so basically. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah, it's like a doll because The Conjuring is about those two. It's supposedly based on the true story about these two, like uh, what are they called? Those paranormal researchers, this husband yeah. and wife that went around and uh, you know ghost busting or whatever. You know they dealt, they did like the Amityville, and then you know they did these true ghost haunting cases, and they're no, they're well known, and they happen to have this 
doll that's supposedly possessed in their possession. And it, they like get it blessed every month or whatever. And so that's actual a true story. And then so that doll was in the first Annabelle movie, and then they made another, or was it in the second one? I don't know. They ended up making Annabelle its own movie about where it came from, and this is basically the origin of Annabelle, how the Annabelle doll was created and how it got possessed by the demon and all that shit. So, yeah, it's getting pretty extensive. Cool. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, a lot of people saw it if it's number one in the box office. So, you know what? Uh, okay, so we have this uh, cinematic shared universe going on right now. We got the MCU. We got whatever the fuck DC is doing. But, you know, <laughs> nobody ever gives credit for the first cinematic movie universe. Oh, yeah? Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, right. All his the, movies were connected. He even yeah. called it the Askewverse. You know, all the his askew, movies were connected. Yeah, they yeah. all had characters bouncing around. Yeah. So, yeah. So, he was good in the 90s. Nobody was fucking going on on that. But, <laughs> here and there, Annabelle was awesome, uh, supposedly. So, uh, I guess we can move on. Number two was Dunkirk. Like I said, we've talked about Dunkirk. Well, you talk about Dunkirk about uh, you actually seeing movies now, Eli. <laughs> I haven't seen any of this shit, but you've seen Dunkirk. You've seen yeah. Annabelle. So yeah, two for two I, so far. I, yeah, I haven't seen anything since Dunkirk. Yeah, that, Annabelle was the yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> like Chris Manola just drains you. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got number three. We have the Nut Job Two Nutty Bot. Yeah, uh, what the fuck? Uh, number four is the Dark Tower. Woo! Wow. Oh. Was it the first week or the second week it came out? Uh, it came out last week, right? Yeah, so it's the second one. Wow, that's, wow, okay, so that's not good right there. Uh, we have number five, Girl's Trip. Girl's Trip is still hanging on in there pretty good for like it's uh, fourth week, third, yeah, fourth week, fourth or fifth week, something like that, so it's number five. Uh, just run down the list one more time real quick. We have, uh, excuse me, we have the number six, the Emoji Movie, uh, number seven, Spider-Man Homecoming, number eight, Kidnapped, the Halle Berry Movie. Uh, number nine, the Glass Castle. That's, that's a new one this week, also. Hmm. You heard oh, of that one? Uh, yeah, that's uh, Jennifer Lawrence. That's it's supposed to be another thriller horror type of thing. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number ten, Atomic Blonde. Oh. Don't respect. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Where's Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman look like it's about to wrap up. It's down to number fifteen right now. So they had a good run. I'm trying to see because somebody said it they might. They got paid. Yeah. They got paid. Oh, they yeah. they, they got paid. They, they're doing pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to see what it is. Right. Oh man, they're like right there, Eli. They're like right there. Okay, here's the numbers. You got uh for Wonder Woman, you have domestic wise 402 million. So across 400 million. All right. That's that's awesome. That's. Maybe, and I'm going to take a look at the numbers in a second, but here's the thing. Worldwide, it did $797 million. Come Ooh. on, man. We can't get there. We can't get Wonder Woman to $800 million. <laughs> it, You know what? It might get – I don't know. It might get that next week or two weeks or something like that because I, really I really want Wonder Woman to do AMG. That would say, hey, make more movies like this, you know. Yeah. Uh, Let's see comic book adaptation. Let's see what we have here. Oh, we got. Okay, so it is as far as comic book movie of all time. Wonder Woman is number eight. Now, as far as uh, solo movies, right now it's getting beat by the first Spider Man, which did four. We're talking domestic wise. First Spider Man, uh, Iron Man 3, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, The Dark Knight, of course, and Captain America Civil War, if you want to count that as a solo movie. I do. Uh 
Other show, whatever, you know. But yeah, pretty cool. Wonder Woman, some some outstanding number, like four hundred million. That's that's respectable. I mean, yeah, that's better than any DC uh, EU movie in this in this thing right now. So uh, let's look at Spider Man right now. Let's see what Spider Man is doing. Then we kind of move on from there. And like I said, that was on two comic book movies that was on the list. Uh, right now it is at seven hundred one million. Uh, it I think it has been released in Japan, but it hasn't been released in China yet. So they're still waiting on still? that. Still, really? Uh, Damn. Yeah. Domestically wise, it finally crossed uh 300 million, so it's pretty pretty decent. Uh, I guess man, when China hits, it may get its numbers right now because right now, even with 700 million, which is damn impressive, it's still the lowest grossing Spider-Man movie. Yeah, that's a damn shame. So. Yeah, I mean, cause I, I, it needs to at least do better than those those uh Garfield movies. <laughs> come on that shouldn't be that hard uh, but yeah that's the box office and the box office was pretty good this weekend uh, guess we could talk about some other stuff that happened with the box office I guess who, who's, your, who's your guy oh who's your guy Luke Besson you, you know who he is well of course you know who he is that's yeah. the uh, the fifth element guy. yeah fifth element LaFemme Nikita that was an awesome movie yeah. LaFemme Nikita was an awesome movie the professional and the American version of the film, the key to, yeah. Uh, did he do Taken? His movie is located. Did he direct Taken or did he just produce it? I think he might have produced it. Did he? Yeah. I think he, no, I think he made Taken. Okay. Well, that was cool. was in France. Okay. Well, yeah, Taken cool. was awesome. The first one. The first one. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the, the only one, one I, like, okay. yeah, that's the only I've, one I've seen. seen the first, I've only seen the first one. Yeah. I, I saw the second one, I was like, why did it make it another one? So this got kidnapped? <laughs> then they made a third one, I was like, yeah, somebody else got kidnapped? <laughs> I'm like, okay, this dude. This, don't hang now. out with uh, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, his movie, uh, his new movie, Valerian and the City of the Thousand Planets, is uh, on the box office. That's his new movie. And it, it debuted, well, it's not debuted, but currently right now it's at number 17. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's blaming, he's saying that superhero, he don't, okay, here's what he's saying. He doesn't get the appeal to superhero movies. And he's saying uh, Captain America is propaganda. So he's saying all these things, and he pretty much hates superheroes coming out right now. Now, okay, he hates comic book movies, but from what I'm hearing, isn't Valerian and the City of the Thousand Planets a comic book? Yeah, it is. Or something like that. That's what I'm saying. So, you know what? He's doing the same shit every other director does. You know, that's not making a non-comic movie, and the movie flops. They point fingers at everybody else except where they should be pointing at. First off, nobody gives a fuck about this movie. You didn't promote it right. It looks stupid, to be honest with you. Maybe it'll be pretty good on Blu-ray or something like that, but as far as it's looking out, it's like, nope, pass. And now he want to blame everything on superhero movies, saying comic book movies are killing Hollywood. And we hear this every time a movie flops and a, and a comic book movie is on, on, it's on the top of the box office. But we're tired of hearing it just... Own up that you made a shit movie. That's all. Don't blame it on another movie. Own up that you made a shit movie. You know? yeah. And as far as Captain America being propaganda, uh, duh. <laughs> we all knew that. <laughs> he was yeah. made to punch Nazis. That's what he was made for. You know, And that was a time before America even ended World War II and didn't even know what the fuck a Nazi was. They just see uh, this guy punching Hitler, who they didn't even know who he was. They're like, well, he must be the bad guy. So, it, yes, it was propaganda. It was propaganda to paint the Nazis as evil. Is he wrong for that? Fuck no. Fuck a Nazi. So, shit. 
No shit. So, yeah, this coming from a guy where the only humans are white folks in the in the universe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like we see what you're doing. <laughs> only George Lucas can get away with that shit. The rest of you can't. <laughs> Oh man, I guess we can talk about some other shit over there. Uh oh. Now, you know they supposed to rumor is supposed to be having another Fantastic Four movie coming out, right? Yeah, I heard about that, yeah. Heard a couple. Yeah, so they they're supposed Fantastic- to have that Doom. They're supposed to make a Doom movie, a Doctor Doom flick, and then they're they're doing a Fantastic Four like a kids movie. They're supposed to be a, like a kids movie. Yeah, they're both gonna suck. <laughs> so we know that. But uh one thing interesting about it is that I was trying to think. One thing about the okay, you got Doctor Doom coming out, you got Doctor coming out. Both are gonna suck. But now we have confirmation from the comic book writer of like the last good run of Fantastic Four, which is Jonathan Hickman. If you haven't read Jonathan Hickman's run, definitely go and read it because it is some insane shit that happens in that, that book. Like for instance, Franklin Richards, the son of Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman, who you probably have never seen because he wasn't in any of the movies. He becomes the most overpowered motherfucker in comics of all time. He fights the fuck out of three Celestials, and he makes Galactus his bitch. <laughs> like, just bring him back to life, just makes him do it. Galactus becomes his herald. That's how OP this motherfucker is. So, yes, go read that shit if you can. That, if you want to read that particular arc, it was like uh, Fantastic Four 600-604, and I think that's when the book ended. Like, the that was like the last issue of that run, so... Uh, but yeah, it's pretty awesome. But where was I going with that? Um, yeah, he's saying that Marvel canceled the Fantastic Four because of Fox. Fox was making shit movies, or either Fox made shit movies, or they just wanted to do a business deal with Fox that they have going on with Sony. Fox had no part of it, so they're like, "Fuck Fantastic Four, kill them off. We don't want to see them anymore." And, and they made sure that every uh, every writer in their staff knew not to that the Fantastic Four were off limits. We don't want to guest star them. We don't want another book with them. We don't want a mirror mini series. We don't even want to mention. Don't say anything about Fantastic Four and that's it. So uh I know that was a roundabout way to get around everything, but Eli is, is this a shock? No, they we knew about this years ago. <laughs> we 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 knew about it but nobody ever actually came out and said it. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. So so he is like the it's like the worst kept secret, you know, in, in the comic book industry that everybody already knew. But finally, somebody said, yeah, that's what happened. Uh, Marvel said we can't do it. Even though there was leaked, uh, leaked uh, manuscripts of saying from the top guys that were saying, don't use the Fantastic Four. And I don't know. But here's the thing. They're doing this with Fantastic I don't think we're getting the whole picture. I don't think we're getting the whole picture of this. I don't think it's just because Fantastic Four – because Fox is making shit movies Fantastic Four, or because Fantastic Four is not selling, or Fox doesn't want to do anything with Fantastic Four. I think they just canceled Fantastic Four because Fantastic Four was just not selling as a comic book, period. It has never sold good as a comic book. It has always been like a lower tier in sales comics, ever since Stan and Jack left them, ever since from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Fantastic Four has always been at the bottom of the barrel. Eli, remember Wizard, Wizard Magazine? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wizard Magazine was the shit, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. So. The swimsuit issue? Remember the swimsuit issue? (laughs) Sadly, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But like I said, we're we're talking about Wizard Magazine, and I used to look at it. They used to have the sales figures in Wizard Magazine. Now, keep in mind, this is before digital distribution like we have now. So when they had those raw numbers back then, those raw numbers meant something. That's why we don't do 
uh, numbers on the podcast now because those numbers are so skewed. There's no point, you know. But back then, I used to look at the top books. It was always like Spawn, Spider-Man, X-Men, X-Factor, New Mutants, Excalibur, X-Man, Cable. You know, that shit. That's how it always yeah. was. And then I keep looking for Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four. It's like, like way down at the bottom somewhere. I'm like, why the fuck is, is this book still selling? I'm sorry. I used to read some of the Fantastic Four back in the 80s and 90s. They suck. I'm sorry. They did. I know you people think that everything Marvel makes was good back then, but no, it wasn't. And then on top of that, in the like around the 90s time, I think like that, I used to see books like Sleepwalker outselling Fantastic Four or uh, Nightwatch outselling Fantastic Four. Now, you know what? Those books didn't last long because of low sales. So you're telling me a book that sells more than Fantastic Four gets canceled because of low sales? But Fantastic Four still going? What the fuck? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So Marvel can paint all this bullshit making Fox like the bad guy and Fox is evil and it's the real life interpretation of Doctor Doom. But when it all boils down to it, the books weren't selling. Because if it was because of Fox, why are the X-Men still around? Yeah. Because it's the same situation. Uh, they don't want to play ball with the X-Men, but the thing is the X-Men sell. So, of course, they're going to keep X-Men going because they sell. Now, Fantastic Four sold at a decent rate. They still be around. That's all this to it. And the thing is, Marvel has gotten to the point now that they really don't need the Fantastic Four. We got Infinity War coming up, and it's the Avengers teaming up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. The Guardians of the Galaxy have basically replaced the Fantastic Four. Because in the original, like in Infinity Gauntlet and stuff like that, it was like whenever, whenever some big cosmic shit went down, it was always – uh, Captain America, like, okay, get uh, get Reed Richards on the phone. Yeah. We need to get together. We need to have a powwow right now see what's going on. So it was always the Avengers and the Fantastic Four getting together to go fuck some shit up. But now they have the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy going to fuck shit up. So basically, Guardians of the Galaxy had pretty much replaced the Fantastic Four in pretty much every sense of the word because they got that whole family dynamic the same way the Fantastic Four had this whole family dynamic. Pretty much. Now, that's why... Yeah, that's pretty much it. what it is. So that's why you don't see the Fantastic Four anymore. Now, why are the X-Men still around? Because they tried to do the same bullshit to the X-Men, but it wasn't flying. They tried to replace the X-Men with the Inhumans, and nobody was trying to see that shit. Uh, we saw a mile away what the fuck they were trying to do. They, okay, everything you try to do with the X-Men, you try to do with the Inhumans? No. The Inhumans suck. And you will see that when the movie, uh, well, not the movie, the TV show comes out. <laughs> And it lasts about a season and nobody gives a fuck about that shit. You'll see why the Inhumans are not going to happen. And that's why they, the X-Men went away for a while. You know, they did their own thing. And then they came back because they realized we can't put money on the Inhumans. Nobody's going to buy a Karnak solo book, you know. Uh, nobody cares about Medusa. You know, we want to see the X-Men. So they're like, fuck the Inhumans. Bring the X-Men back. Mm -hmm. So that's what it was with that. And... Yeah, Marvel, stop blaming Fox for everything. Fox is not the devil. Everybody want to make Fox the devil. Yes, are the next Fantastic Four movies going to suck? Yeah, they're going to suck. That's uh, what we do just, you expect Fantastic Four? We just want their villains, man. Just <laughs> Wait, that's all we want. We just, just want the villains. Keep the Fantastic Four. <laughs> give us Doctor Doom. Give us Galactus. Give us the Nihilus. Give us Silver Surfer. And do whatever the fuck you want the, uh, the Fantastic Four. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's the only reason why oh. I read this Fantastic Four was because of Doctor Doom. You know? But that's the thing. Doctor Doom got so popular, he started popping up everybody else's book. Yeah. Well, I mean, he I, was I, fighting I, uh, the X-Men. He was yeah. fighting the Avengers. 
Yeah. He fought Spider Man. That was that was like one. Of, that was one of the most awesome books I ever read, man. When he fought Spider Man, Spider Man got his ass whooped. <laughs> like throwing up against Doctor, he was like, "I gotta think of a way to get out of this." He was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait!" And then he actually talked his way out of getting the ass whooped from Doctor Doom. Like, if you give me twenty four hours, I'll get this thing back for you. Doctor, Doom, okay, yeah. I get twenty four hours, Peter Parker, or I'm gonna show back up and find your ass. He's like, how the fuck you know who I was? Don't worry about that. <laughs> and then live, you know. <laughs> Yeah, to me, Doctor oh. Doom. Doctor Doom is uh, he represents. He's like the quintessential supervillain. You know, you just look up in the hey, dictionary. Supervillain. Inspiration for Darth Vader. Yeah, pretty much. And he refers to himself yeah. in the first person. You will bow to me, Victor Von Doom. Remember the old cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> Doom yeah. bows to no one. I love that yeah. shit, man. He just yeah. <laughs> but you, Doom should be like an easy guy to get right. How do they keep fucking this up? Well, yeah. And how do they keep fucking up even worse than the last time? <laughs> By making them like 14 years old in the last movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, give him a country. Give and, him a suit of armor. You know, give yeah. him, uh, like, diplomatic immunity. This shit should give him sorcery powers. Imagine like he does in the comics. He's basically Iron Man and Doctor Strange in one evil package. It's basically what he is. Yeah. Pretty so much. that should be easy, man. I Actually, know. I don't, I don't know. know. This movie that the, the, it's what's his name? Uh, the fuck the guy's name is he? He's the one who did the Legion show, and he's been doing Fargo, and those have been pretty cool. So I'm kind of curious to see what he does with the the Doom movie, but uh, but I don't know. Now I do I do notice that that Fox does like to hire a lot of their people to make you know these movies and put them in the movies, things like that. Yeah. So. Who yeah. knows? Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe they out. learned their lesson Workout. with yeah. They they hey Deadpool hey, and 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 Logan. Let's let's hire people who know what the fuck they're doing and make it movies and shit. You know. So who knows? You know? <laughs> what, what do they have to lose? Right? Yeah. <laughs> At this point, you know. Um, moving on to some. Oh no, we're gonna talk about Sony for a second. Let's see. We got some Sony news right here. Uh, Eli looks like Sony has released their new slate of movies. Oh, yeah? And I'm trying to look for these movies right now, what we have. Uh, yeah, this thing like pretty interesting. I don't even know nothing about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Is it the so Spider-Man shit or what? Yeah, 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 the Spider-Man shit. So apparently they are moving forward with the, uh, Silver Sable and Black Cat movie, a.k.a. called, uh, Silver and Black. So that um, is going to be a thing. Uh, why not, why yeah. are they making that? Because <laughs> the world wants a silver sable movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give the world what they wanted. You know, I guess I don't know. Well, yeah, because the thing is, you know, Sony they still trying to be. Here's the thing: because of the deal that Sony has with Marvel, that even though they're trying to build this cinematic universe, Spider Man can't be in these movies. So Spider-Man won't even be in the Silver Black movie. Spider-Man won't even be in the Venom movie. Uh, so it's like, that, what is the point of these movies, man? Like, why are you making them? You know, yeah. uh, I don't know. Uh, what else we have? Another movie. <laughs> uh, trying to see what else. Uh, Sony's making a Barbie movie. Uh, <laughs> what is the making? Nightingale? I don't know what the fuck that is. Oh, here's the thing that hurt my heart. They removed Bad Boy 3 from the schedule. Oh really? So, oh. yeah, man, I wanted a bad, I wanted a bad boys three, Did but you? at the same time, they're in their fifties. So, can you still call them bad boys? 
Mm, just saying funny thing about that franchise though when it was first made in the 90s like the very first movie if you watch it martin lawrence was the lead star like martin lawrence was the guy they banked everything on and will smith was like this unknown guy like yeah we saw him in a couple of tv shows and some of his music is okay you know we'll, we'll take a chance on him and throw him in there but martin lawrence is the big guy we're gonna you know base everything on but when the next movie came out bad boys too, and Will Smith became the hugest star in the world. He was the star of the movie, and Martin Lawrence was barely in it. You know, it's funny role reversal. So, uh, at, at this point, we really don't, don't need another Bad Boys three, uh, especially because here's the thing: Michael Bay has a signature style of Bad Boys three that he's the only guy that can make these movies. Uh, he sucks with the Transformers movies, but he actually made some good Bad Boy movies. So, um, okay, I don't know. I and so. But yeah, silver and black, <laughs> silver sable and black cat coming. Who cares? <laughs> it's coming down the pipeline. Oh, uh, now we can move into some Justice League movie, uh, Justice League news. Uh, so apparently we do have some. We've been hearing rumors here and there about what Josh Wheaton is doing. You know, is he just doing some touch-up stuff with uh, Justice League, or is he going all out and like overhauling the movie stuff like that? And it's kind of, you know, you're hearing different stuff thing right there. So apparently we have uh, one of the, you know, the actors in the movie. Uh, what's his name? Joe Morton. Now, you know who Joe, you may not know the name of Joe Morton, but you know who Joe Morton is. Joe Morton was the black dude that created the Terminators. Uh, he was the black dude that created the stealth oh. AI. Oh, yeah. uh, basically, he's the black dude that's always creating AIs left and right. Brother from another planet. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was in that. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, Papa Pope for all my scandal fans out there. <laughs> so he, he was there too. So Joe Morton is playing Doctor Side of Stones, and and he had an interview with IGN, and they basically asked him, you know, you know, how extensive are the reshoots because he was asked to come back. You know, it's not just the justly coming back. Joe Morton was asked to come back to shoot scenes also, and the reason he came to, uh became uh came back to reshoot the movie is because apparently Josh Wheaton is reworking the script to add more cyborg into the movie. For some reason. So okay. Cyborg is going to be more like one of the focal characters of the movie now when that wasn't the case before. So, eh, I don't know. Okay. Okay, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I guess. I mean, let's be honest with you. Who who likes, I mean, is Cyborg anybody's favorite Just League member? <sighs> I'm a black nerd. I don't even like Cyborg. <laughs> I mean, isn't that why they put him in the movie? Oh, in, the, in the comic books, on the team, anyway, for me? Like, okay, so I have somebody dinner I don't give a fuck about a cyborg. <laughs> but he's there, so I guess. I don't know. Oh, uh, I, I I guess. I, I'm I'm really... Eli, I'm worried about this movie. I really am. <laughs> you weren't worried? I, I, all this stuff. I, I, was, I was there. I was, like, level. Like, I didn't know which way to go at first. But the more stuff I keep hearing, I'm like, oh man, I don't know. Now, one do one thing I I do like that I'm hearing that Josh Wheaton may have included the Hall of Justice, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Because right. uh, you know, Jack Snyder didn't give a fuck about the Hall of Justice. He probably never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is that? <laughs> that wasn't that uh, wasn't in Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> <laughs> right, Christopher Nolan didn't acknowledge it. So. Oh man, but yeah, that's I guess that's it for that. Oh, what if we got here? You know what? Can I talk about some video game news real quick, Eli? Go ahead. Okay, so apparently 
there's the study going out right now. And the study is that uh now you remember they always say about this stuff that video games kind of rot your brain and make you violent and stuff like that, and make you kill people. Uh yeah. Yeah, but they had all these uh things that said no, that's not true. Well, apparently there's another another study that came out that's uh specifically targeting first person shooters. And here's what they're saying. Uh playing first person shooters for a long period of time it actually kills your brain cells. Uh, okay. They're saying that it decreases the hippocampus. I think I'm saying that right. And like I said, uh, long-term decreasing of the uh, decreasing of the hippocampus could cause memory loss, could you know cause depression, schizophrenia, you know all of these things right here. But even though they're saying about first-person shooters, they're saying those that play like uh, 3D puzzles. Uh, platforming games, games that you know have a lot more action going on, things like that, actually increase your hippocampus. Oh, so really? based with this saying, yeah, based with the saying, first person shooters make you dumb, uh, puzzle games make you smarter. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure we're going to get a report next week. They say all this stuff is false, and first person shooters don't make you dumber. But Eli, when's the last time you ever went online on a first person shooter? Um, last week, maybe. Actually, but I, but I I don't I don't set it to I got it to third person. Uh, I play Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, and I got it set to where I I can look at my own ass. You know what I mean? So oh, I got, I yeah. know, okay. So I didn't know you. Could, but that's kind of cheating, though, isn't it? Uh, that, oh, if okay. you play in third person, the other guy playing first person. But you can I guess you can choose either way. So it's you know yeah I guess it's okay. yeah. I mean I just think it looks cooler, and it, I don't know. I fucking uh, first person shooters used to give me headaches. Like, it took me a while before I could finally uh, play them. I didn't play them for a long time. And you know, no, that's that's actually that's actually a common occurrence. That's not that's not a, a rare thing you're saying. That's actually like a a condition that people have. Yeah, uh, like emotion. Simulation sickness, sickness or something. Yeah, I would get headaches just or watching somebody play it. Like, yeah, I, I, I could. That's why I couldn't handle, like, uh, all those, like, found footage movies and shit, because they would give me, a, like, Blair Witch and shit like that. And right, with all, their camera running behind yeah, you. Uh, like yeah, that. the Cloverfield and all that shit would give me headaches and shit. I'm like, yeah, I get all, yeah, that sucks. And um, That's funny you say that, because actually there's a reason why first-person shooters aren't, aren't don't sell well in Japan, or why there is no such thing as a first-person Japanese-developed, you know, shooter. Because for some reason the Japanese... And I don't know if this is racist or not, but they can't play first-person shooters. Oh, yeah. They all get motion sickness from them. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, like the, the entire culture. So there, there's no first-person shooters made by Japan. Like, they'll make every other type of game. They'll make RPGs. They'll make sports games. They'll make them like that. You will not see a, a, a first-person uh, Japanese shooter. You may every now and then get a third-person shooter, even when it's third-person, like something like Metal Gear or something like that. Nothing, something that's not so heavy in the shooting. But just a straight-up first-person shooter, Japanese don't fool with that. That is strictly American. That's it. Maybe some other European companies, that's it. Because Japanese, they, they're just playing them. They get sick, just like you get sick. Now, yeah. the, my thing is, I don't get sick from every first-person shooter, but there are some that do. Some some first-person shooters, like, uh, what was it, like Half-Life or something like that? Um, I tried to play that for, for a little time, and I got a headache. I couldn't play it. I had yeah. to like, like physically, it made me sick. I had to lay down after playing it. So yeah, like I remember F Zero, like back in the day. Remember that game F Zero, like that race futuristic oh. racing game for like the yeah, Super it was like Nintendo. Yeah, you had to just uh, reflex and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. Like, uh, gave me a headache too. 
but yeah, I mean, I've always sort of had that, and I can play. Like I've played Call of Duty, I've owned Call of Duties, and I've, you know, I've, I, mean, I don't play it as much as I used to. And, and like Left 4 Dead, I love playing Left 4 Dead, uh, you know. But I mean, I can play them, but but I don't choose to, you know. Like I like yeah. Gears of War. Like I, I I really like the Gears of War games and shit. And that's because you could see the guy, you could see yourself, right. your your character, and, and that's how I got my ba- uh, Battlefront. I set to where I can see my character. You know, so it's, it does, I don't get too dizzy, you know, so. You know, the funny thing is, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5, I play that strictly in first person mode. Okay. Yeah, like driving. I, I didn't even shooting. know you could do that. I didn't even know you could well, do that. Well, you can do, yeah, you can do that on like the, the PS4 and the PC version. Like if you got off the, like, off the PS3 or the Xbox 360 version, you can't do first person on those. But in the newer versions, you can because they pass it in where you can do it. So it's, it's awesome, man. To me. Like, if you play that mode, it's, like, the best first-person shooter ever made. Because you can do everything. You can play it however you want. Drive, shoot, sneak around, beat up people, whatever. So, <laughs> uh, but only thing about it, like, that reason I asked you about the online, because it does seem like the online community of all first-person shooters are just toxic, you know. That's why it almost made me think, like, that, you know, that study may be kind of true. Because I'm thinking, like, man, let me think about all the people I ran across on first-person shooters, you know. Well, for the because record, they don't, for the, yeah, for the record, I don't wear headphones or have a mic. I just like play. I don't exactly. I don't, I don't care because there's a bunch of idiots running around. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I used to, and yeah, I used to hear everybody talking. Man, there was one time I was playing Call of Duty, and I heard some fucking kid crying in the background, and I heard, and all I could hear was the dad go, like, 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 go get your juice. Go ahead, Richard, you're like telling your kid, not like his kid, kid's crying in the background. He's just like, get <laughs> like, like, why are you saying the headset? Get, get off get your fucking ass. You. Quit playing and get your, take care of your fucking kid. <laughs> right. Uh, see, that's why, I, that's why I suck. The kid is crying yeah. in the headset. Yeah. And that's why I suck at this game because I don't have time to play it as long as you do because I got kids I got to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not ignoring my kids to play the damn game, you know. Like, Jesus Christ, what's your perky ass? What's your fucking, uh, you know, all these perks you got and shit? <laughs> <laughs> right. I can't play it because people are just fucking idiots, man. I try to play like, uh, like, like Call of Duty is okay, you know, playing online because it's pretty much just lone wolf. It's just you just shooting everybody, stuff like that. But yeah. trying to play a team game like Battlefield with random strangers that you don't know is a fucking headache, man. I'm sitting here playing the game right now, I get shot. And I'm like screaming for a medic, medic, help me, help me. So I see a medic coming. The medic will jump over my body to go get into a gunfight with the guy that just killed me. And then he gets killed. I'm like, what the fuck, you dumbass? You could have just saved me. could have been two on one. Yeah. Oh, man, it's too, too many idiots, man. Um, and plus, I, after a while, I got tired of the 12-year-old racist that always had sex with my mother. Y'all hearing them online. I I just got sick of it, man. I'm oh. like, you know what? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> right. I'm just. I'm, I'm, I got sick of it after that. Man. I'll just play some. I'll just play uh, a, a first. I'll just play a one player single player game from now on. That's it. Fuck this online shoot. <laughs> there's this one time uh, I had that that Aliens versus Predator game where you could play online yeah. and you can play as a marine or a predator or an alien. I was playing. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing as a predator online. And I saw, yeah. and you got that, the Predator had that uh, heat vision, so you could see shit, and I could see an alien creeping up on the ceiling and shit. I, thought, I see that sneaky motherfucker. So I went up and crept around and 
<laughs> and and came up from behind with that really awesome finish kill where you got the those spikes that come out and you rip out its skull and shit. And when I did that, when I killed yeah. them, I heard a little kid say, Oh, you stupid predator. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little kid too. I was like, "Yeah, I got you, you little shit." <laughs> <laughs> now that's one. That's another funny thing about it because that's another reason I, I had to quit playing these uh, online games as much. Because like when we're at work and doing things, these kids just playing the game. Yeah. Like I was playing this one shooting one time, and this kid, I mean, this dude, like he was killing everybody by himself. He had like ninety kills and like two was like, and I'm thinking he's like some kind of like ex-marine or something like that you know like he like went over tour or some stuff like that i didn't know it was like some 10 year old kid like come on guys let's go kill these guys like oh like damn i feel bad about this shit man there's this little kid running around you know yeah some fucking stupid downloaded body armor and some weird fucking perk that lets him run fast and juke and shit and oh he he actually paid money yeah yeah like yeah that's another fuck. Oh man, that's yeah. why I don't play these shits anymore. Yeah, so where, I, yeah, you you can uh, unload on his face, point blank, blank range, and they don't die. But one shoot from across the fucking you know town, and they get because <laughs> he paid for the season pass. Yeah, you didn't pay for the season pass, Eli. Yeah, <laughs> pay to play, baby, pay to play. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, we can move past that. So, like I said, we got past the video games. Now we can, since this is the comic book bullies. Now we can do and talk about the things that actually keep the lights on for us and keep the bills paid, a uh, comic book. And, yeah, like I said, we read a bunch of them this week, actually. It's actually good for us because it, the movie scene has sucked, so we got nothing else to do to entertain but, you know, read comic books. You know? uh, so, but, yeah, e- Eli, I'll, I'll let you go first, and I know you got some books you got to read. Uh, review. Well, yeah, I got a couple. You got, you got a DC book, too, don't you? You got a DC book? I do. All right, well, how about we do Marvel? I just got two. I, just got two. I got two. We'll, we'll do Marvel, then we'll do DC. Because I got, I got yeah, one Marvel. Yeah, I my DC book for life. Okay, yeah, I got one Marvel and I got one DC. So so the Marvel book I chose, my, my pick of the week, um, well, it's not, it's actually came out a couple weeks ago, I think now. So, But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I got Old Man Logan, number 27. Okay. Um, so, and this book oh. it just continues to be awesome. It's Logan, Old Man what? Logan. Fighting Maestro and the Hulk Gang. I think I heard about this. I didn't read it, but I think I heard about this. Now, who, who's yeah. writing it? Who's still writing it? Um, the it's uh, writing it is it's Mike Diodato drawing the shit. It looks awesome. Right. And then um, Ed Brisson. Still is, Jeff Lemire? No, no, he's oh. no, he's done. It's Ed Brisson. This is the new. This is the new. This is part three. So this is the uh, third issue of them of the new team of the new okay. new crew writing this. So yeah. Okay. Because I know Diodata's been with it for a while, but okay, you, you go for him. Go for yeah. Him. So it's 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 Logan fighting Maestro in the Hulk game, and it's just been a blast to read. It's just a good old fashioned summer blockbuster, and you know, shit, it's just a lot of fun. Um, so last issue, Logan got ambushed by the Hulk gang, and this new issue starts out with the Hulk gang. They got Logan chained to this giant boulder, and they're okay. just unloading machine guns on. They just shoot him until he pre- he's pretty much on the brink of death and he passes out. And then they wait for him to heal and to, and regain consciousness. And then they do it again. <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and just unload. They got big Gatlin guns and shit. And they just, they just shoot him until he passes out, wait for him to heal, and then shoot him again. They just keep doing that over and over. <laughs> so that's what's going on in the beginning. 
And then we cut to a scene with Maestro, and he has a nuclear bomb. Uh, he's trying to get a bunch of nuclear bombs, and he wants to blow up the world and destroy mankind. Um, oh, and the, of course. Yeah, and the, his Hulk homies are like, can't we just find a place to live separate from mankind? And Maestro goes into this whole you know, monologue about, like, no, mankind will hunt us down. That's what they do. They'll kill us. Um, he, I've seen this before. I'm from the future. They cause – all they do is – Humanity just causes destruction. They even destroy themselves with these nukes. So it's kind of fitting right now, especially during our current events that we have right now. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that that you know, he makes this whole speech about the death of of, of mankind and shit. Um, and, and keep in mind that Maestro original story was back in the '90s, so it's funny how how current that is to nowadays. Yeah, you know, everything's retro. You know? <laughs> right. So back to Logan, he regains consciousness at one point. And he starts talking shit to the Hulks. And he's getting, you know, he's taunting them and shit. He's talking all this shit. And he's pissing them off um, until one of them finally like starts punching him, and starts beating the shit out of him, and he ends up breaking the chains. And then Logan gets loose, and then he proceeds to just kick all their asses and, <laughs> and fucks them up. It's another cool battle scene. Uh, that's all this story is. This is all these fights between Hulks and Wolverine and shit. And um, and as he's leaving, he's all fucked up, and he doesn't heal as fast as he used to because, you know, he's, he's old man Logan now. He's old right. as fuck. So after he wins the battle, he's walking away, and then he passes out. And then he wakes up, and he's in this room, and there's a dude standing there. And um, the guy's like, oh, I can see you need my help. And then at the last page, it's Hopper. So so this is a throwback to the, the original old man Logan story where Hulk, Hawkeye was blind and shit. And they went on that road, you know, right. their, their adventure and shit. So, yeah. So, yeah, it, it was just another fun addition to the story arc. And it's still just an awesome book. The art is amazing. Diodato is just killing it. The story's Diodato, badass. Diodato, yeah, he always does. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The story's just badass. I mean, I'm having you – know, I'm just into the story. This book is fun. Okay. Fuck it. Five out of five. Because I, w- I was worried about it when I heard Jeff Lemire, you know, left the book. I was kind of worried about it, like, because uh, I hate it when new writers take over. It takes me a while to – you know, especially if it's a writer I'm not familiar with their work. It, it kind of takes me a while. But, yeah, I, you know, I, glad to see that it's, it's still hanging on there. Yeah, I almost dropped it. I was like, "Yeah, I've been reading this book for a couple of years now. They're getting a new team, blah 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 blah." And I, yeah, I almost said fuck it and dropped it. But then, holy shit, this has just been a fucking awesome story. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay. Oh, so what, what? What do you give it? What do you give? Yeah, five out of five. Fuck it. Okay, five out of five. Hey, fuck it. Okay, yeah. you know what? Because I, I heard about that uh, old man Logan book, and I heard he was like like fighting a whole bunch of Hulk, Hulk kids and like that. Like, and Maestro was showing up also. So I'm like, damn, that sounds pretty damn interesting. Especially since Maestro is is a he's one of my favorite villains of all time. Like he's he's awesome. You know. Yeah. Uh, moving on from there, so I'm gonna just throw in a book. I actually I didn't put this on the list, but I'm gonna throw this book in there. Uh, Suicide Squad number twenty three. Oh, you going to DC already? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. Oh, no, we're not going to D.C. already. Sorry about that. We're going to Marvel. <laughs> Sorry. I'm erasing that. We'll talk about Suicide Squad 23 later on. Now we're going to talk about – now, here's the thing. I'm actually going to – do you have another Marvel book after this? No, I just got two, so I'll just wait for you. Okay, your, your so DC I'm going to combine my Marvel books. Okay. Yeah, because actually I kind of have to. I'm going to talk about uh, – first off, Sam Wilson, Captain America 25. And Secret Empire number eight. Now the reason I combine these because both of them were written by Nick Spencer, and they're basically one story, even though it's two stories. So it's not like the Captain America book. It's not really a Secret Empire tie-in. It's a Secret Empire chapter. Like you, it's necessary reading to understand what happens in Secret Empire number eight. 
So, basically what happens at the beginning of uh, Secret Empire 8, Captain America shows up, he's at his uh, Hydra meeting, and he says, yeah, I'm declaring war on every country that still has a piece of Kaiser Q. I want the Kaiser Q right now. The country that he has is uh, New Tyon, New Tion. Anyway, it's the, the mutants country that they rebuild and form their own country. He was like, uh-uh, conquer them, bring back the Cosmic Cube, and wipe everybody out there if they don't do what they say. The other country, Wakanda. Oh, okay. Bring back the uh, Cosmic Cube, wipe out everybody that has a problem with it. So the uh, new Tyon, Tion, whatever you want to call it, wipes them out. Well, he didn't wipe them out. He conquers them pretty much like, like a page or so like that. White Queen is the leader. White Queen surrenders. She's like, look, I'll bring him to Captain Q. Let me have an audience with Captain America so we can talk about this, you know, person to person. She's like, okay, since you surrender, we're not going to kill every mutant on the planet. Uh, next page, we go to Wakanda. Uh, what, I guess you got uh, Captain America and Hydra has these, like, Hydra dreadnoughts that come flying in trying to take over Wakanda, the Golden City. And, you know, T'Challa sitting on the throne and stuff like that. He just, like, waves his hand. He, like, take out the drones. And then they just fall to pieces like that. He was like, yeah, that's what I thought. You've been trying to conquer Wakanda for 10,000 years. Don't think Hydra's going to do it right now. He was like, and now lift up the gates so nobody else can come in here. And then the, the operator of the gates tells T'Challa, no. T'Challa, wait, wait, what? No, I'm the king. You don't tell me no. Do what the fuck I tell you to do. He's like, nope, can't do it. And the re- reason he can't do it is because Hydra is already in the base. Okay. So uh, they have this... uh Captain America, one of his lead, lead goons, is named Dr. Faustus. He's this mentalist, hypnotist, psychic type thing or whatever like that. He's the guy that made uh, that took control of the Senate, the U.S. Senate, so Captain America uh, runs over them. He did the same thing to half of the Wakandan army. Basically, they have been trying to conquer Wakanda for like ever since the beginning of the Secret Empire, but haven't been able to. But what Dr. Faustus has been doing has been secretly infiltrating like half of Wakanda's army and the reason he was able to do this remember that girl zinsi in the black panther uh coach run uh vaguely they like the very first issue the girl that was like turning wakanda's on black panther okay i don't remember now no okay basically like the the main villain okay so she was like the the wakandan girl or whatever like that that she betrayed wakanda anyway how'd you recruit her so she was like basically one of Black Panther's worst enemies. Has recruited her. She used her powers to amplify Dr. Faust's powers to control half of Wakanda. And so there's really nothing Black Panther can do. They've already beaten Wakanda before he can even do anything. Then Zemo sneaks up behind him. And keep in mind, this is not Zemo, nerdy ass, uh, Sokovian glasses wearing dude from MCU. No, this is the purple sock. Wearing Hydra <laughs> assassin terrorists, dumb you know, Donald with yeah. the sword. Yeah, <laughs> right. So he knocks him down, and he was like, "Uh." And Zemo has a sword to Black Panther's throat, telling him, "You either give up the uh, give up the Cosmic Cube right now and tell him to surrender, or Doctor Faustus, who has half of your army <clears throat> under his control right now, will tell him to turn the gun on all of them." So what's your choice going to be? So he really has no choice but to give up. Now, of course, there are. A lot of people that upset that Black Panther took an L, you know. I'm fine with it. I mean, because it gets boring when your your hero wins every single time. Look, I gotta understand people that are just not getting the comic books and are mad that Black Panther's reading. Not every hero wins every single fight. Batman get beat, Superman get beat. Yes, Black Panther got beat. Let it go. He'll he'll 
get a win sooner or later down the road. Yeah, that's how he bounces back. That's how he bounces, that's how he bounces back. back. Although I did get kind of sick of the 80s and 90s when Black Panther just pretty much just got his ass up all the time. He didn't become this Black Panther uh, can beat anybody with prep time shit until like the late 90s when Christopher Priest took over. Then that's when he became like, like the Black Batman, you know. And But yeah, he got his ass up. Anyway, Hydra took over Wakanda. He got kid, uh, He got captured. White Queen got captured. So that's pretty much it. So Hydra has no more enemies. They're done, except for one. Eli, guess what? Captain America comes back. Okay. But not that Captain America. Which Sam one? Wilson, Captain America. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Who, which one we talking <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Sam Wilson, Captain America. So he shows back up. Let's just call him Captain Falcon for now. So Captain Falcon shows back up. He has the shield, and he gives, like, some you know, Captain America a speech to get the Avengers back in, like, who's gonna avenge the unavenged or some shit like that, you know, like that. He rounds up the crew, and he like, okay, we got a game plan, first thing we're gonna do, we're going to uh, rescue the humans from the inhuman internment camp. Now, keep in mind, how are not supposed to be Nazis, right? So why do they have internment camps? Eh, who knows? Anyway, they go down there, they rescue the inhuman stuff like that, they break them out, and the humans like, thank you, Avengers, we need you to meet this one guy. He got this crazy power, and his name is Barf. And like, Barf? Yeah, his name is Barf. Like, why the fuck is his name Barf? Like, I'll show you. They go to Barf, and he says, I have the power to Barf anything I visualize. Like, I can vomit up anything I visualize in my head. Not anything complicated. If it's like, like a solid shape, something like that, I can visualize it. So he's like, okay, I need you to visualize something for me. So Iron Man, who's right next to him, and not Riri, not Dr. Doom, Tony Stark, kind of, he's dead. But his AI is controlling the suit or whatever. Anyway, he gives a uh, he gives a, a video of the Cosmic Cube or like a, sli- a slither of a Cosmic Cube. He tells Barf, I need you to remake this. He thinks about it, give me a second. And then he like, you know, has that upchuck reflex and then vomits up a Cosmic Cube. They're like, cool. <laughs> kind of nasty, but cool, you know. So now here's the thing. Now, remember when I told you last week when uh, Miles Morales had Captain? Captain America, and he was about to kill Captain America and run him through that uh, that spear or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like in Civil War II. Well, of course that didn't happen. And Iron Man has a theory. He was like, oh, okay. Now remember when in Civil War II, every single thing that happened uh, that Inhuman Ulysses predicted exactly how it was. Like there was absolutely no mistakes on everything he did. So why the fuck didn't Miles Morales kill Captain America like we said he was going to do? And then he looked at the foot and he realized this is why Captain why he didn't kill Captain America because Captain America actually had in his hand a sliver of the Cosmic Cube. So he can alter reality however he wants to a certain extent. Now the thing is what they're saying with these these Cosmic Cubes, like if you have the full Cosmic Cube you can completely rewrite uh, reality however you want to but if you got a little sliver of the Cosmic Cube you can slightly rewrite it. So that's why he was able to stop like mentally stop Miles from killing him when in the future it already predicted he was supposed to kill him and it didn't happen. So they were like, huh, interesting. So now that's been the Captain America 25. Some other bullshit happens, but whatever. Now we're going to move on to uh, Secret Empire 8 because, like I said, it goes right into the next chapter. Basically, uh, Sam has uh, the next part of his plan. Captain Falcon says, since we got out the humans, we got two things. That big space bubble around the Earth, we got to deactivate that. And that little black bubble in New York City, we got to deactivate that. That way we can, bam, get the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Ultimates, and Alpha, Alpha Fight back into the fight. And we can rescue the Defenders, because I don't know why they think the Defenders are going to do some shit, but whatever. That way we have a complete army to take down Captain America. 
So what Falcon does, he takes the little sliver of the cosmic cube and he says that he's going to fly like to the very edge of the bubble so he can use the cosmic cube to, to, to make a wish or something to make something happen. Whatever. Anyway, Hydra sees he's flying around and he's doing the whole remember like he did on the Winter Soldier, like dodging hydroplanes and shit like that. And he's like, woohoo, you can't catch me, you know, doing loop de loops and backflips stuff like that. One of them catches him and <laughs> shoots him right out of the sky. They're like, oh fuck. So that's it. So Captain America supposedly dead. You know he's not. So he falls into the water, he's got the slither of the cosmic cube and he's falling down. And Rocket is in outer space and he comes back to the Alpha Flight station and he said, I, I have this bomb that I stole from the Kree or somebody like that that is going to completely, that actually like a bomb that's big enough to kill Galactus. I'm going to nuke that shield. Gala, uh, guard, uh, Rocket shoots the thing at the shield. Nothing happens. They're like, oh, fuck. Well, that's pretty much it. But then yeah, while Sam, Captain Falcon, is floating down at the bottom of the river, you know, drowning shit like that with the Cosmic Cube. He somehow makes his one wish, and he actually makes it come true. And what happens is the wish that Quasar pops out of nowhere. Quasar, who everybody thought was dead anyway, she just pops out of nowhere. And she's like the only person that actually had a, uh, any kind of success at taking down the shield. And she was like – and she just pops out of nowhere. For nobody knows why she came, but they don't know that Falcon was the one that wished her back. And she's like, I'm going to go take down the shield by myself. Everybody stand back. And she that's what she does. She takes down the shield. While she's taking down the shield – uh, Doctor Strange is working out some kind of way to take down the black bubble stuff like that, but he can't figure it out because the bubble's too strong. But Maria Hill is able to find the guy that had that has control of the black bubble, which is Blackout, some villain named Blackout stuff like that. And she finds him. She finds where he is because Hydra has been keeping him hostage. He like, thank you for saving me. Hydra has my family. They're making me do all this stuff. Are you here to save me? And she's like, no. And she shoots him in the back of the head, like that. <laughs> so when he's dead. There's no more shield. Bam. Done. <laughs> so there's no more bubble shield, black bubble shield. There's no more big shield. The Alpha Flight, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Defenders, the Avengers, all this team, they finally reunited. We're like, okay, now that we have the team, let's go take down Captain America. And Captain America pretty much ends the, well, Sam ends the big, uh, book with Avengers Assemble, and they all go rush the White House. So that's how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> Right, you, like you had to read. I, I know that was a long shit, but I had to. I had to explain also because just saying Secret Empire by itself, you're kind of missing the whole big picture of everything that's going on. Oh, I forgot some other shit. Uh, Bucky comes back. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you rate this now? What's the rating? <laughs> I, I I I give it a I give it a four. I give it a four. I give it a four. Solid four. All because right. I still feel like this whole thing is an elsewhere story because we already know what's going to happen. Uh, Black Panther's gonna get out. He's got the Cosmic Cube. White Queen's gonna get out. She got the Cosmic Cube. Uh, Sam's got the Cosmic Cube. They're gonna put the Cosmic Cube back together. They're gonna rewrite history. None of this shit will have ever happened, and none of this story will even matter and never be referenced ever again. So that's why I can't give it a highest story because I know there's gonna be no stakes to it. But for what I'm reading, it was an entertaining story, and I I had to knock it again because Captain America, Captain Falcon, whatever like that, beating them by making a wish. Eh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, but yeah, that's so I give it a solid four for both books because, like I said, both books count as one book, and they both came out the same the same day, and they both were written by Nick Spencer, so you got to read both of them. So I know right. I ate up all my time, but I yeah, I know you can go <laughs> go from there. Are you we done with Marvel or what? Are we going to move on? To... I'm done with Marvel. Okay, yeah. so we're moving on to DC. We're moving on to DC. Yeah. 
right. Well, uh, my other book that I have is uh, Batman number 28. Okay. Um, the War of Jokes and Riddles Part 3. Cool. Okay. So yes. yeah, let me ask you this: Is it just in the Batman book, or is it like going between Batman, Dick the Comics, and other other? Like, is it a crossover? No, it's just book? Batman. No, just Batman. Okay. This okay. ain't Marvel. No, it's just you know, just one story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just one title. That's all you need to buy. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to read more than one book. Just get one story. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So um, so yeah. So this is the part three in the the war between. Uh, the Joker and the Riddle, it's still raging on. Uh, Tom King is still writing this book, and it, 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 it unfolds like a mystery rather than a, like a traditional war story. Um, it's, it's, it's still being narrated by Batman, so it's all told in like flashbacks. And, and of course, this takes pl- place back in the first couple years Batman first started cr- uh, fighting crime. So it's back in the day uh, when he first started out. So, so Joker and Riddle have been battling it out. You know, the rogue gallery of villains have taken a side and they're just going ape shit on each other. Uh, Gotham is in shambles from all the bloodshed. It's, it's gotten so bad that both sides have agreed to stop fighting for an hour each day so that the medics and cops and first responders can come in, come in and clean up all the carnage and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how bad this war is getting. Um, and Gordon is doing everything he can to, to stop it. He's like, tr- let me get. He's Lieutenant Gordon right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, okay. Yeah, he meets both sides, um, both Joker and Riddler. Both of them say, "Bring Batman," and the war's over. But of course, mm-hmm. Gordon goes alone each time, and they both end up putting a contract out on Gordon. And this is where the issue gets really cool because Riddler and Joker both each hire assassins to kill Joker, uh, to kill Gordon. Uh, Joker, okay. Joker hires Deadshot, and Riddler hire and Riddler hires Deathstroke. I, I, I knew it. I knew you were say Deathstroke. <laughs> yeah, so they're both getting paid to kill Gordon, and then they start fighting. And it turns out, you know, they, you know, because they're both after the same hit, they start fighting each other. And it starts out as right. like this sniper battle where they're trying to peg each other off and they shoot each other's bullets like their bullets hit each other. <laughs> what, what, what movie was – oh, that was Devil May Cry. That's what that was when they were shooting in, in there. Yeah. But then it just grows into this all-out gunfights and bombs and it, it lasts for five days and all these innocent people are getting caught in the crossfire. So on the fifth day, Batman finally comes in and just beats the shit out of both of them. So, okay, enough of this shit. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Well, I guess – you know, I – let that slide because of attrition. I mean, yeah. if you've been fighting somebody for five days and Batman just shows up all real rest. Yeah, he could be. He can probably beat them both. Right? And plus, it was like in the in the early days, so you know they were still learning their skills and shit. <laughs> yeah. So so um, so he beats the shit out of both of them. Almost kills Deadshot. I mean, he built, beats him up so bad he almost died. And that's pretty much how the, how it ended. Um, and he's he's tell again he's narrating this to Catwoman. Um, and you know. There's there's a few interesting moments with Catwoman and Batman where they're where um they question each other's character you know where they're like Batman's on Catwoman about being a thief and she's like at least right. I'm not one of these other asshole criminals out there killing each other like this war that's going on and she's like right. questioning Batman like why why didn't you act any sooner why'd you let all these innocent people die why you could have did some shit you know so it's like they're both not perfect so it's really interested to see them struggle with their consciousness about doing the right thing and shit. So that was kind of cool. But it, overall, it was a really exciting issue. Um, 
I have been a little disappointed in the whole story arc because it's not really detailed like a war story, like a traditional war story. It's kind of told right. in flashbacks, and it doesn't go into any specifics about any of the war or the battles or anything. It's just splash pages of villains fighting each other with text summarizing what happened. You know, that's all right. it pretty much is. It's no, there's no really details, but it's you know it's Batman. It's it's a, it's a detective story, and it's still pretty cool. So. Yeah, I give it a four yeah, out of five. It doesn't sound like Batman is in it too much. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 more about like this issue was is more about Gordon trying to stop, like you know they're trying to stop this war, and you know they want they want it they want Batman. They're like you know they both want to kill Batman, and um, but you know he refuses to 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 meet with them. Like he like Gordon like. Uh, the beginning of the book starts out where Gordon is meeting both the both 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 of them. Like he has a meeting with each one, and of course Riddler has him doing all this fucked up. Like go here and go there. He's got to do this whole maze and fucking all this detailed uh, crap of, of you know this long secret roundabout way of meeting him and finding him. Where Joker's right. just like, yeah, meet me here, but you gotta, but just in your underpants, just in your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we, they're like, you were supposed to bring Batman. I'm like, okay, you know, now we're gonna, now, then okay. that's, that's now, when they, now. yeah, that's when they decide to kill him and put a hit out on him and shit, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, who, who were the creators on this? Like, who wrote this? It's Tom King. Oh, so we got two Tom, Tom King books we're going to uh, review this week. Okay. Okay, and the artists are June Chung and Mikhail Janine. Not familiar with them. But, okay. And colors, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, it's it's cool. It's it's uh, yeah, it's it's another good entry. You know. Okay. I'm digging it. I'm yeah, I'm digging the story. Cool. Cool. Okay. Oh, what, what, what do you give it? What do you give it? Uh, four out of five. Four out of five. Cool. Okay. Good style of book. Sounds like an interesting story. I might have to pick that up. See exactly what's going on. Okay. So my next DC book, we're gonna stick with it. And since I did it preemptively, we're gonna start now. Now we can talk about Suicide Squad number twenty-three. Uh, and the funny thing about this book, it actually picks up exactly where Suicide Squad number twenty-two left off, which is actually a very controversial ending, which they had the internet kind of in an uproar around that time. Okay. Uh, so apparently, yeah, Amanda Waller sends the team because she wants to catch two metahumans. Uh, one of the metahumans she wants to capture is Killer Frost. The other metahuman she wants to capture, Batman. And that's when everybody freaked out, like, wait, 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 what? I heard <laughs> like, about this, the, yeah. I like, heard what about the fuck did Batman become a metahuman? I don't remember that. Like, he's just a regular dude. So you had this big war online about, yeah, Batman has always been a metahuman like this. So he, I'm going to tell you this. Scott Snyder actually tweeted about that whole issue about what's going on. I'm about to read the tweet verbatim. So, uh, at Scott Snyder says, not to speak for Suicide Squad, but Batman is not a meta. He gets powers for some stories like Dark Side War, but he's never been in a meta in nature. So, Batman is not a metahuman. Batman is just Batman. Uh, I'm thinking they would just kind of casually toss around that metahuman thing because uh, while they had a... Uh, an argument with some other guy about metahumans, and keep in mind, they probably even consider, you know, Harley Quinn a metahuman. You know, she's not. You know, she's just regular, stuff like that. So, anyway, they go out to uh, capture Killer Frost. Killer Frost now has left the Suicide Squad and actually a member of the Justice League now. So, 
Suicide Squad is still going to capture anyway. They capture her. They set a trap for her. Uh, by the way, Harley Quinn actually runs the, uh, the Suicide Squad now. Rick Flag is dead. Su- uh, Harley is the main leader, and she's like ruthless now. She does not jokey, jokey, bumbly, ditzy Harley now. She's like ruthless Harley. So what does she do? Uh, she like brings out El Diablo. You mean you know the fire guy, right? Uh, yeah. she throws yeah she throws uh El Diablo at at Killer Frost. Killer Frost sucks all his heat out and stuff like that. But somehow they have some excuse me. Has some kind of a, a disease that they injected with uh, El Diablo that Killer Frost injected, so it like takes her out immediately, just like that. And Holly Hart went like, "Okay, yeah, we can go ahead and take her. This was easy." And then out of nowhere, Batman shows up, and Batman's like, "No, you're not taking her. She's a part of Justice League. So all of you are about to get dealt with." Like he points the entire Suicide Squad. Batman by himself. So keep in mind, Batman is not a mini human, right? Batman is regular. Batman fights the Suicide Squad. Guess who's winning? Batman. Oh, Batman. <laughs> yeah, beating the fuck out of all of them, man. I mean, everybody's catching batarangs to the face. He's blocking dead shots, bullets with, with his with his cape. With his dick. Like, with his dick. Right? <laughs> Get this shit out of my face. <laughs> it's over, dead shot. You know, all this shit like that. They can't do anything with Batman. So Harley Quinn happens to get, like, one lucky shot in on Batman, like, Bam, she got him. Okay, yeah, Batman, I got you now. You ready? You're like, that's what I wanted you to do. So apparently, Batman, for the last time he went up against the Suicide Squad, found a way to hack into their, you know, their detonating devices. And he was able to make it so where instead of, like, blowing up, it'll, like, disorient them and fuck all of their heads up where they just all pass out. So he activates something on his belt. Every single member of the Suicide Squad passes out that's got a uh, bomb in their head. They were like, yeah, I've been hacking into your system like for the last month just in case I had to go against you guys again. So it's just Batman standing around. It's a whole bunch of bodies of Suicide Squad because he's just Batman, you know, and he's like, come on, kill Killer Frost. We're going to get you out of here. Fuck them. You know, but he didn't expect one thing. He didn't prep for this. Batman gets slashed in the back by Katana. Why? Because Katana doesn't have a bomb in her neck. She's just voluntarily a part of the Suicide Squad. So she slashed Batman in the back. Batman is like all wounded and all fucked up. She's like, damn, I got to get out of here. So he happens to get away, but he can't get uh, Killer Frost away because he can't. he's too weak to drag both of them back. So they get Killer Frost, take him back, and Waller's like, that's why you're on the team, uh, Katana, because I can always count on you. And then, like, I guess like five minutes later, something like that, uh, Batman shows back up. He's like, Waller. I'm coming for you. You know, he says that. He says it like he knows he, she can hear him and stuff like that. And that's how the book pretty much ends. So, overall, pretty cool. I, here's the thing. I actually been loving the Suicide Squad book because it's just so insane. Like, they fought Zod early and, like, some of the earlier issues. And, like, Russia had their own Suicide Squad they had to go up against. So, it's just been just a fun book. That's all I can say about Suicide Squad. Overall, I give I give that issue... About a three out of five out of five. Batman being a badass. Batman catches the L also this week. So, yeah, Black Panther catches the L. Batman catches the L. It's go. even. There you go. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's on me now, right? Yeah. So I guess I have the last book, and this is the the book of the week. Now, this book right here is actually like the first comic in a while that I've actually been excited to read. Like, I've been looking forward to read this book, and, and this book is Mr. Miracle Number 1. Uh, it is also written by Tom King, who uh, Eli said earlier also wrote Batman 28, 
And man, it's just so awesome about this book. But here's the thing. Here at Comic Book Bullies, we are not the type to just jerk off to a book and just slap a six out of five on it and just call it a day. No, we don't do that here. Do that on some other podcasts. What we do here is that we actually take a look at the book. Oh, I'm not throwing snap. shots. I'm not throwing shots. I'm not. <laughs> but like I said, over here, we actually look at the books and actually break down and look at things of why the book was so good and why the book was, you know, so exceptional. And one of the things that Tom King did in his book, like when you open up the book, it's not the Mr. Miracle book that you think it's going to be. Now, what I'm going to do here is take the original issue of Mr. Miracle and read off the heading that Jack Kirby wrote himself. Now, I know this is going to be boring, but I got to read this shit because it's going to set up what I'm trying to say. So what we have here is Jack Kirby. Exact quote is, uh, is he a master of spectacular trickery or is he something more? You will have to decide when you confront the strangest, most incredible hero ever to appear in comics. You will see what he does. You will wonder how he does it. But always waiting in the wings are his two greatest enemies, the men who challenge him and death himself. Now, the reason this is important is because Tom King actually opened up the book in captions with this same quote. But it's not in one. It's actually like every panel has that quote. And when we look at uh, Mr. Miracle, notice that his two enemies are the men who challenge him in death itself. What we find is Mr. Miracle sitting on the floor in the kitchen, in the kitchen floor with his wrist slit. So he's just bleeding out on the floor right now. We're like, whoa, whoa, that's how you open up a book with him uh, doing a suicide attempt? So, yeah, so what happens there is uh, the hospital – okay, so the hospital is taking him away, and Big Barda is you know crying in the hospital and stuff like that. And it's like all sad because they don't know if he's going to make it through the end of the night, and they patch him up stuff like that. But he didn't end up does make it through the end of the night. Uh, they sent him back home and, you know, stuff like that. And Big Bart is like, do we need to talk about what happened? You know, you just tried to kill yourself. And he's like, no, nah, I want to talk about it. No big deal. It was nothing. You know, Orion shows up and he hears about what happened. He just starts beating the shit out of uh, Mr. Miracle, you know, but he doesn't say why he did it. He's just saying, like, you was a dumbass for doing what you're doing. Just starts hitting stuff like that. So, yeah, man, it was it was something else. So eventually... Now, are you, are you familiar with the concept dark side is? The concept like, of dark side? Uh, yeah, no, dark no. side is. Okay, no. I'll get to that in a second. I'm probably jumping the gun right now, but I'll get to that in a second. So, Mr. Miracle is back doing what Mr. Miracle does. You know, if you've ever read a Mr. Miracle comic book, he's always escaping from things, and he's always uh, cheating death. That's what he always does. So, he appears on a talk show. Uh, for those who know, if, if people are curious about what talk show he's on, he's on the Godfrey talk show. Uh, of course, you're probably familiar with Glorious Godfrey, the the guy that you know always spews anti-hate about superheroes, but he's actually a dark side minion. Funny thing about it, this book, Tom King never goes into it. He just, if you don't know any better, you just think he's just a regular talk show and it's no big deal. But it, Tom Tom King is dropping hints. Got to pay attention to stuff like this. And and Godfrey straight up asks him, "Look, you tried to kill yourself the other day. The world and the public wants to know why. Why did you try to kill yourself?" He's like. The reason I'm trying to kill myself is simple. I'm Mr. Miracle. I always get out of every situation. And I've been getting out of every situation for so many years that everything's starting to get bored now. I always survive. I always get out of something. So I wanted to step my game up. I wanted to cheat death. I'm like, wow. I'm like, it's pretty interesting. So he wanted to do something he's never done before. Something that nobody has been able to do before. He wanted to, you know, escape death and things like that. So, so people, uh, everybody's around him saying he's having this midlife crisis and things like that. So 
High Father comes down. High Father is the king of the new gods, basically the god of the new gods. And if you almost want to get metaphysical with it, you can almost say he's God. You know, talking to uh, Mr. Miracle, who is his actually biological son, who gave away the, the dark side. And he's basically telling him, you know, he basically came down to tell him that uh, I don't want you to know that dark side has the anti-life equation. And he's like, what do you mean he has it? Like, he already has it. He has the anti-life equation. He's already waging war on uh, New Genesis, and he's coming right now. So I'm, I'm just letting you know, if you don't hear from us in a while, that's what's going on because this is some big shit. Now, I'm going to get back to the anti-life equation in a second because that's that's actually some major shit right there. Uh, but every every panel, like every other panel, you keep seeing that dark side is. Dark side is keep popping up every now and then in all blacks. Uh He's Mr. Miracles having these hallucinations about his, his old partner, his sidekick Oberon, who died. He's a pitching and he's in the room with him right now, but he's not. Uh, Big Bar to know he's freaking out, and then he gets a call from the mother box. Now, he, he actually used the mother box like a cell phone. Now, this is actually not a new concept. Jack Kirby was doing this shit back in the 70s, which makes me think Zach Kirby was, you know, supernatural with this shit, or whatever like that. So he gets a call from the mother box. It's Orion. Orion was telling him, yeah, uh, High Father is dead. Darkseid killed him. Darkseid is invading New Genesis right now. You got to come back to New Genesis right now because since you are the father of High Father, I know you're the son of High Father, which basically makes you, you know, the son of God. You have to fight the war of the new gods. This is the, the final war. It's about to go down. So uh, he's like, I don't know if I can because I'm obviously I'm having all these hallucinations with people that aren't there. I he he knows that he's seeing the dark side is because he thinks the anti life equation is taking over his mind already. And, and he's telling Barta, Barta, I don't think I can do this. I can't. So Barta starts beating the shit out of him like Orion did earlier in the book. And then he's like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. And then they get the boom tube with the mother box and they go to New Genesis. And that's how the book ends. And it ends with Dark Side Is. I'm like, whoa. Now, here's the reason why this is so interesting because the Dark Side Is gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, Eli, are you familiar with the anti-life equation? I uh, don't believe so. Okay, now I'm going to break down what the anti-life equation is. Now, I don't know if Jack Kirby broke down what it was or Grant Morrison broke down what it was in Final Christ. But basically what the anti-life equation is, that Dark Side is basically DC's version of the Infinity Gauntlet, but it's not really their version of the Infinity Gauntlet. Dark Side uses the anti-life equation to make anybody with a mind or a soul, basically, it's a it's a equation that basically means that life is meaningless. There's no reason to have your own will and live your life because at the end of the day, life doesn't mean anything. So since life doesn't mean anything, you might as well give your will and your life and everything you are to dark side. Since your life doesn't mean anything, you're like, just give your will to me. I will lead you to whatever you need to do, and I, I will be the person you need, you need to be. Basically, dark side is trying to become a religion himself. Because if you think about it, that's what all religions are. You know, give yourself to this person give yourself to that you know dark side is basically saying instead of giving your person to them give yourself to me and it's kind of makes sense that at the beginning of the book that mr miracle commits suicide and you gotta well uh, attempt suicide or maybe he did commit suicide we don't know what happened we're just assuming we know what happened but he commits suicide because basically if dark side already has the anti-life equation maybe he's already under the anti-life equation that life is meaningless <clears throat> that's why he killed that's why he tried to kill himself and it could be that he's under the anti-life equation entire time or maybe has always been and that's what's affecting him and that's why man that's why that's why i love the book so much even though i didn't kind of like the ending because i thought just barter beating the shit out of him to make him snap back into it was kind of dumb 
But I just thought it was interesting because Tom King in this like 20 pages or whatever that he did has so many religious references in there he's throwing in there. Uh, basically saying like Mr. Miracle, when it boils down to it, he's the son of God. If you think about it, Jack Kirby is saying that that's for him, that's comic book version of Jesus. That's what he's writing, Mr. Miracle, a guy that died, a guy that can get out of anything, a guy that can perform miracles. People don't know if he's real. People think he's a charlatan. He may be magical. He may be spiritual. We don't know what he is. We just know that he is. And the fact that he his arch enemy is dark side, he's the only person to escape hell, which basically what Apocalypse is, hell. It's it's a lot of stuff going on there, man. I, I'm interested to see what time King takes his whole book. This is issue one. He's going to do the same thing he did with his his vision series, where he's going to take it from issue one to issue twelve. And I just want to see if he keeps it going and make the new guys what they are, because that's what makes. And, and to keep in mind, Dark Side never appears in this book once. All you hear about Dark Side, but you never hear about him, which makes it even more awesome, because that's what makes Dark Side a way more interesting villain than Thanos. And I don't like how the DC movies are trying to make Darkseid just another Thanos ripoff when he's a much bigger concept than that. He's not some asshole who just wants to just kill off the whole universe because he's friend-zoned by some, some chick that worships death. No, Darkseid is a much bigger concept than that because if you think about it, he's basically like a religion, if you really think about it, like a cult. you know. And then he's like the embodiment of that, and he wants everybody to give his will to that, and you got these new guys trying to say no you are not that or you have the just league saying no you are not that they combine it because they want people to have free will not give their will to whatever dark side i think he is so i was just reading the book and i was like man i'm impressed and there's so many little things he's throwing in and hence he's he, that i think he's going the direction with the story <clears throat> i can't wait to see where it goes you know that's me uh now score i'm gonna give this the book because of the end that i think it did because i felt like it was crescendoing and building up to something big but it didn't quite get it there for me I'm going to give it a four out of five. Can't give it quite a five because I feel like the ending didn't set up enough big, big enough cliffhanger for me. But I definitely give it a four out of five. And I'm interested to see where he goes with this entire series. So. Well, right out. Yeah. 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 That's what I think about that. So. Uh, any more books left to review? Uh, I got. That's the only two I got. Yeah. I think that's pretty much all we got. So. Yeah, like I said, uh, thank you for listening to the Comic Book Bullies. If you made it this far, go ahead, like, subscribe. Uh, our Facebook page actually got twice as many members as it did just in the last week. So I'm pretty sure we got a whole bunch of new listeners we've never had before. If this is your first time listening, hey, how you doing? Go ahead and like the iTunes page also so you can keep subscriptions going. Uh, definitely listen to the other podcasts. The Outright Geeky, we have Eli's own Geek Savs podcast. Uh, we have uh, Hoodoo TV. We have Get Valiant. We have uh, This Geek in Comics, which I think Ryan was recording that one. Earlier today, we also have his uh, Tools of Destruction. Did I say Instru- right? That's Instrument, his uh, Instruments of Destruction. Oh, shit. My fault. I fucked that up. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, go listen to that one. <laughs> That's the Transformers Hasbro uh, Cinematic Universe. So, uh, Other than that, like I said, we, we appreciate you listening to it. We will come back with another one. Next week, we got two I'm, we're leaving this we're leaving this podcast on a cliffhanger we got two things coming up for you we got of course we're going to review the the defenders whether we've seen it or not we're going to oh shit is that this week anyway that's next week yeah Damn. so do i need to watch Eli, the rest of not. iron fist no <laughs> well good because i don't want God, no. <laughs> oh man i don't want you to suffer through that so yeah we're going to review if you haven't seen it or not we're going to re- spoil the fuck out of defenders i don't care if you've seen it or not and 
we're going to have a, a guest with us also. I'll reveal next week who that guest will be, but you definitely want to listen in for that one So, because it's going to be entertaining. Uh, other than that, this is Leroy. This is Eli. And we will talk to you later. Sexy thing.